This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Bryce, what did you get your mum for Mother's Day? Mate, to be honest, I just sent her a text message. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible, man. Well, you know yeah. what you should have done? should have done what I did. You should have gone on to equitymates.com slash stake, signed up, and got your mum some shares. What are you talking about? You can't go and buy your mum's shares. Yeah, mate. With, with stake, you can gift shares to other people. Mate, that's not bad. So, how does that happen? So, all you have to do, go to equitymates.com slash stake, sign up through our website, get yourself a free 25 bucks when you fund your account, and then you can go on and buy shares for other people. So I bought my mum a nice little parcel of Apple shares for Mother's Day. Nice, an apple pie. Yeah, yeah. I've been, <laughs> I've been on them for a while about starting investing and I thought, you know what? Why don't I just take it into my own hands and get them started? So you can do that too. That's actually probably one of the coolest presents I've heard about, Ren. So all I need to do is head to equitymates.com forward slash stake. I'll sign up to an account and then fund it. And then they're going to give me free brokerage on any transaction in the US and 25 bucks into the, my account. And then I can send Apple or Amazon or you know any stock in the US to my mum for next Mother's Day. So that's going to be better than sending a text message. Mate, if, you, if I hear about you sending a text to the lovely <laughs> Anne next Mother's Day, I'll be having a stern word with you. <laughs> Mate, I'll make sure I sign up to state before that happens. <laughs> that's what I like to hear. Nice. That's equitymates.com forward slash stake for free brokerage, 25 bucks into your account. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Equity. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, where we will help you learn to invest in 15 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going, bro? <laughs> I'm good, Bryce. How are you? Very well, thank you. So we're back with a part two. We kicked off part one last episode, and we've uh, come back to continue on what is a journey of trying to think like Warren Buffett. So Yeah, well that's my that's my constant life journey, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you'll get there one day. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any advice is appreciated. Yeah, so for those that are joining us, we're just going to get stuck straight into it. We 
have decided to answer uh, ourselves nine questions that Warren Buffett uh, looks to answer himself when he is trying to choose or, or looking at researching a stock. Now, these uh, nine questions came from a book that I'm reading and, and Ren has read called Buffettology, which is by Mary Buffett, who is his daughter-in-law. Is that right, Ren? Yes. That is right. Nailed it. Yes. Uh, his daughter-in-law and through such close access to the man himself, she's decided to write, a, she has written a book um, explaining the techniques that have made Warren the world's, one of the world's most famous investors. So I think you can say the world's most famous. Uh, good. I, think, I don't okay. think you need I to say one want to, Okay, <laughs> the world's most famous investor. So Ren, let's do a very quick recap on last week. So we've both chosen a stock that we are going to answer these questions against. What was your stock? My stock was ResMed. And briefly, for those that have just joined in on this, what does ResMed do? They make medical devices that help people with sleep apnea sleep better. Okay. Interesting. Good. And you said you had a caveat. Yeah. So, I've got to come hat in hand today. Um, I gave some figures um, that we'll go through in the questions, um, but my figures were the Australian ResMed listing. It's also listed in America. I was doing some more research for, for this episode and... I just figured it was dual listed. So when a company's dual listed, it reports the same information to both markets. Uh, it's actually not dual listed. What it is, is there's some weird corporate holding structure where ResMed in Australia is worth one tenth of ResMed in America. So all of the, all of the numbers that I gave, um, it, multiply it by 10 and then adjust it for the US uh, AUD exchange rate. And then that's the ResMed numbers. So... Um, so in so proportionately and percentage wise it's the same. Yeah, but yeah. It's yeah. just it's so, just in terms of dollar figure a lot less than total resmed. Correct. So what it okay. is is like the earnings per share numbers that I gave are the t- are based on the one tenth structure and in AUD rather than USD. But the growth of those numbers, the percentage change, that that same. reflects the American wow. one the American one. Uh, factoring in the exchange rate fluctuations as well, I guess. So, do you think that's changed your opinion on on where it was sitting in answer to the questions last week? No, nah, not at all. But yeah. this week, um, I'll be using the American data rather than the Australian data. So, wow. apologies for all of that. But you know, that uh, that just teaches everyone: don't take trading advice from a podcast. Well, do. But no, no, no! Don't, don't take advice. Don't believe everything. L- listen you say. to us, but don't take our advice. No. Well, luckily we didn't give any advice last week. No, so that's we never good. give advice. <laughs> no. <laughs> Great. So I, uh, my sleepless nights. I was wondering why it was, and that was because you'd um, cooked the numbers last week, so I can sleep well. Well, this you know week. what? Not a lot of people <laughs> came to us uh, pointing out that error. So I'm thinking that people aren't taking notes as we're talking, and then following up and doing some homework afterwards. <laughs> or no one's listening. Yeah, that's probably more likely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good to know, and I guess would that be the same for BHP, for example, because they list in London. Um, now, I haven't researched this one, but I su- I think that's a legitimate dual listing. Right. Okay. I'm going to Google it now, and while I'm googling it, um, do you want to tell us the company that you talked about last episode? Yeah, sure. So there's actually been some uh, updates in the company that I was uh, I picked last week. So I chose Boral. Boral Limited, uh, ASX ticker BLD. So if you want to check it out, BLD on the ASX or Google Finance or whatever it is. And it's an international building and construction materials company uh, based in Sydney. So it has businesses in cement and construction materials, plasterboard, 
um, bricks and roof tiling. And that spans across Asia, Australia, and the US. So some pretty big markets, as I said last week. But interestingly, uh, in the last week, it's come out that they are going to be selling their concrete and quarries business in the US. And they, they've owned that since 2004. They're going to be selling that off for about 45 million US dollars. So they're actually going to be reducing uh, the number of uh, concrete and construction materials businesses that they're in and I guess focusing more on what could potentially be more profitable businesses. So that was an interesting development. Yeah, very interesting. Mm. So, do, well, hold week, on before you move on, does that make yeah. you more inclined or less inclined to go for the stock? I think it makes it a, me a little more inclined to go for the stock. I haven't really given too much uh, time to researching the ins and outs of the decision for this, but if it means that they're going to put that $45 million to good use, which we'll talk about a bit later, and if it means they're able to focus their energies more specifically on areas that are going to give them more growth or are more profitable, then that's always a good thing. I'm sure they wouldn't be doing this for a rash decision. So yeah, I would be more inclined. Fair enough. And just in case anyone was hanging on the edge of their seat, BHP is dual listed in the uh, UK and Australia. Nice, Ren. That's got some good Googling skills yeah, in yeah, the yeah. background. So if our favorite BHP shareholder out there, Harriet Alexander, is listening, <laughs> she's she's got a dual listed company. <laughs> okay. So last week, Ren, very briefly, we looked at four questions that Warren asks himself. The first one, does the business have an identifiable consumer monopoly? The second was, are the earnings of the company strong and showing an upward trend? The third was, is the company conservatively financed? Sorry. And the fourth was, does the business consistently earn high rate of return on shareholders' equity? Now, we're not going to go into all of those. If you want to hear the answers, we will uh, point you towards the previous episode. But that's what we discussed last week. So, Ren, let's move on to part two. Yep. And this is where Warren starts to look at what do businesses do with uh, their earnings and, and how do they... Uh, distribute their earnings amongst shareholders, do they retain their earnings, and what that means from his perspective. So question number five is, does the business get to retain its earnings? Yes. Now, what we mean by that is, does uh, the money that the business make, uh, so after it, you know, the money it makes, less all the operating expenses and stuff like that, the earnings, the profit, does it get to keep that? Or, or does that have to go to, you know, interest expenses and tax income, you know, uh, other other stuff like that, uh, writing down assets, all that. Yeah. Um, so, for... And also, just before you jump into that for uh, ResMed, I think it's important to point out here that one of Buffett's biggest or loves in life, I guess, other than his family, is compounding. <laughs> Maybe even <laughs> more than his comp- family. <laughs> yeah, probably even more than his family. He loves the concept of compounding and this is where he really starts to get into the nitty-gritty of compounding because if you retain your earnings and, and don't pay them out to your shareholders, particularly at a high percentage, then that earnings goes back into the business and you can compound on compound. And and he says, Mary says in the book, we want to invest in businesses that can retain their earnings and haven't committed themselves to paying out a high percentage of their profits as dividends. This way, the shareholders can benefit from the full effects of compounding, which is the secret to getting really rich. So, Ren, does ResMed retain its earnings? So, ResMed does retain some of its earnings. It does pay a dividend. Um, and so, uh, using the F17 annual numbers, it made about $2 billion in revenue. From that, 
it had a gross profit of $1.2 billion, so that's pretty good. Uh, then taking away, you know, research and development costs, uh, admin expenses, writing down assets, stuff like that. It had four, a, bit, a bit under half a million dollars left, and it, has, it kept most of that. So it paid out a bit in dividends, but um, yeah, it, it kept a fair chunk of the money that it made in F-17. Okay, good. So you would give that a, you would give that a pass. Yeah, definitely. In the in the most recent quarter as well, Q3 2018, um, the business had 590 million in revenue and it kept about 150 million. So you'd be pretty happy as a um, ResMed CEO seeing that much money go back into the business. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's good to know. So that's a pass for ResMed. So Boral uh, pays it a dividend of 27 cents. Uh, however, they do retain uh, a fair bit of their earnings. They have been increasing the amount of retained earnings that they keep each year. Last year, in 2017, they had a retained earnings after paying out $226 million in dividends. Uh, they had a retained earnings of $1.15 billion. Um, so a, a fairly significant chunk uh, from their profit. I actually don't have the profit in front of me, so forgive me for not having that on hand. But um, from memory, it was... That's that's a reasonable amount of the profit that they kept. I think they made a profit of 1.5 billion, paid out 226 million, and kept the rest. So the interesting part, though, Ren, is last year they paid 150 million dollars in dividends, and this year they paid 226 million. So it's quite a significant increase. Wow, that's pretty good. Mm. Just off topic, really quickly, I saw on the balance sheet for Bor- uh, for Boral that Goodwill is worth 2.2 billion dollars to them. Wow, is that? Yeah. Wow, I wonder like, how you calculate what? that. I know. <laughs> Up from $213 million the year before. Okay, okay. So people like, like him a little bit more. Yeah, but I mean, that kind of feeds into the first questions we were talking about in terms of consumer monopoly and stuff. Like maybe their brand is, as you were saying, much more powerful than I originally thought. Yeah, that's why when you sometimes work looking at like um, return on assets and stuff like that, you just, and or like, you know, value investors only look at net tangible assets because that yeah. strips out things like goodwill and stuff like that. Yeah, all that airy-fairy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just care about bricks and mortar and land yeah. and, you know, the good stuff. So, for those that are new to investing, if you want to find out the dividends and uh, re- retained earnings, that's all in the cash flow and the income statements um, that you can find easily online for any of the companies that you're interested in. So, uh, that information is all public and available so question six, Ren, how much does the business spend on maintaining current operations? Yep. So, Why is um, this important, do you think? Yeah, so this is definitely important. And basically what this means is related to the last question, but um, you know, how much does it cost to run the business? If all of the money that you're making goes back into you know, uh, plant and equipment and paying your team members... Uh, and there's nothing left over for shareholders at the end of the day, then that isn't a great recipe for you know long periods of growth over time and compounding um, your business's growth. So looking at ResMed, um, last year they made that $2 billion in revenue um, and the cost of those sales was about $800 million. So their gross profit was left at $1.2 billion. So the cost of the cost of their sales, the cost of running their business, um, well, uh, the bulk of the cost of running their business was less than half of their revenue. So you'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, you would be absolutely. So um, just going off what you were saying there, Ren, I'll 
just read something from the book for everyone. So Warren wants a business that seldom requires replacement of plant and equipment and doesn't require ongoing expensive research and development. He wants a company that produces a product that never goes obsolete and is simple to produce and has little or no competition. For example, the only newspaper in town, a candy bar manufacturer, a chewing gum company, razor blade, etc. Um, so these are, you know, predictable products and predictable profits. So ResMed, I mean, sorry, Boral, I don't think necessarily fits into that. They have uh, operating expenses of $3.9 billion. And uh, I think, you know, they have to spend a lot on uh, continuously purchasing these commodities. I don't think a commodity business falls too well into this. Would you agree, Ren? Yeah, definitely not. No. So they have a huge uh, sort of capital requirement to keep their business running. So $3.9 million spent on uh, running the business. So I would suggest that Boral would not uh, answer a yes for Warren's question in in this case uh, due to the nature of it being a commodities business. Fair enough. Okay, Ren. So I know we've only done two questions here, but uh, we had a bit of a chat at the start there and we do say you can learn to invest in 15 minutes or less. I'm sure we're approaching that time there. We've got three questions to go. So we're going to go go away and uh, research them and come back to uh, you guys next episode where we're going to wrap up uh, the nine questions that uh, we're going through with Buffett, thinking like Buffett, and uh, see who's come out with a better choice of company. Yeah, definitely. Can't wait. And if you haven't gone out and bought Buffettology yet, uh, you should. And hopefully the next episode will convince you. Absolutely. You can find it on our website, equitymates.com. Hello, mates of Equity Mates. Or I guess that just makes you Equity Mates. Anyway, it's Bryce here. One of the most frequently asked questions we get is, where do we find information about all these stocks and, and where's a good place to start? Now, we could do a whole episode on this and we often do touch on it, but the best place to start is by signing up to our Thought Starters weekly email. Each week, we send you some cool stuff that has caught our eye during the week, as well as some more detailed articles on stocks and invested relating content. We also include Basics 101. These are articles tailored specifically for beginners to really propel you on your way. We don't spam you. I mean, we hate spam. It's once a week and there's enough stuff in there to occupy you for a full day of browsing at work. Now, Ren puts a lot of effort into finding quality articles for you guys. So if anything, just sign up so he feels the love. Head to equitymates.com and chuck in your email at the bottom of the page. Equitymates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.